All right, Petey Williams, Dennis Farrell for this week's podcast. Petey, what's going on, bud? Oh, not much, Dennis. How about you? I'm all right. How, listen, before we start telling stories and joking around and getting into the shenanigans, how do you feel about the Superstar Shake-Up? Um, I like it. You know, I, I meant to look at the roster because I was actually thinking about that. And it seems like what they're doing is, you know, they got the NXT for the, the new, new guys, you know, read them for the WWE main roster. And then it seems like they are moving everybody to SmackDown that's kind of one step up from NXT. Like maybe more of your internet wrestling community fan base. Like the, those, uh, that community that likes the wrestlers. It seems like they're switching over to SmackDown. And then the guys that are already established, been there a few years, they're on Raw. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Does that what it seems like? Boy, that's interesting. Uh, Nakamura went to SmackDown, which was perfect yeah. for him. Awesome. Um, boy, I, you, look, give me a minute to chew on that one and digest okay. it, and, and, and maybe we'll come back to that, and I'll let you know how I feel. That might be right. Do you, do you think SmackDown got a little hosed? Um, it depends how you look at it. For myself, no, because it seems like SmackDown, those are all the guys that I used to work with, and it's almost like it seems what they're doing is um, – you know, their number one show is Raw, number two show is SmackDown, number three show is NXT, and they're just kind of bringing them up that way. I, I mean, it's not correct for all of them because you got, you know, you got Finn, he's on Raw still, and he's, you know, brand new pretty much. Um, but it just seems like a lot of the guys are on SmackDown. I don't think they got hosed. I mean, they don't have the star power that that, that Raw has, if that's how you want to look at it. Um they still got Cena if he shows up, I guess. <laughs> but I have no no problem watching SmackDown. I mean, those are, those are the guys who used to wrestle with, so I, I like it even more. You know, I watched this week's SmackDown, and I was very confused with the way they had AJ Styles going after the United States Championship, and then Jinder Mahal, which I was actually really excited to see him get a shot. I've that guy's jacked. He looks good. He's decent on the mic. I, I was really excited to see this guy get a push, and I hope it's like a real push and not like a trans transition to somebody else yeah um so i think it's everyone was like what jinder mahal he was on like jobber level he was week too. prior pretty much you know like when he was on raw now he's the number one contender and i think it's great because once again going back to my roman reigns randy orton scenario how do you get people to cheer for randy orton you're not gonna have Sami Zayn, any of those guys luke harper you're not gonna have them battle randy orton for the title, you're going to have Jinder Mahal because nobody likes Jinder Mahal. I mean, he, he's he's super heel. I mean, everything about him is heel. He's jacked. He's from a different country. He speaks a different language. People just don't like him. So that's perfect because you have no choice but to cheer for Randy Orton. Once again, perfect booking in my eyes. And then as for AJ doing the U.S. title, where I thought they were going was maybe – uh, have the heavyweight title go to Raw, but then that means two titles on Raw. But it, it's almost like they're they're using the U.S. title as the title for SmackDown. You know, everybody thinks it's a step down for AJ Styles to go from world champion status to U.S. title status, but if that's the one that's always going to be defended, I mean, if anything, those guys are going to make the belt. They, it's not a step down. It's just a step up for the belt. They They do that every now and again. Would you have been happy, though, to see the Intercontinental Championship stay instead of the... I feel like... 
I feel like there would have been, I would have been more okay if AJ was after the Intercontinental Championship than the U.S. Yeah, and it's just because of the past of the U.S. You think it's WCW and it's a, a title that wasn't really introduced by WWE or anything like that. So you feel like it's a secondary title to the Intercontinental title. I get it. But it seems like what they're doing is they're making all the prestigious titles on Raw and the secondary ones on SmackDown. Going back with my theory of, you know, everything good on Raw, secondary on SmackDown. I don't feel that way because, to me, a title's a title. It's the it's the secondary title to SmackDown. Um, it's not competing with the Intercontinental title. So, and it's good because Kevin Owens is doing great things with it. He's making that title. And if AJ gets it, you know, he'll he'll carry on that tradition. Boy, you're selling me. You're selling me on it because I'm kind of coming from a fan point of view. You're coming from a wrestler point of view, which is cool. Yeah, and that's the thing. I always play – I always give everything the benefit of the doubt. I, I want to see, I think, in my head, like, where are they going with this booking? Why are they doing this? Mm -hmm. And I could be totally wrong, but I have to take any educated guess that I have, and it seems like that's what that's what they're doing with it. Where are we on the – is PD going to impact? Oh, um, I just thought I'd throw it out. It's now a thing now, believe it or not. It's a thing. Where, where are we? Have you have you thought about it anymore? Are you still ho-humming? Yeah, I, I think I'm ho-humming. Um, I'm uh, starting to get in the gym a little bit more than usual. Really? Um, I Did you reach back out? Did you return a call? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not gonna return a call until I'm ready. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if we already talked about this, but I don't want to go back. It's just, oh, Petey's back. Yay! Here's another guy in the X division. That, that's what I don't want. I, I don't want it to be like that. If I come back, I want it to be like it's something. It means something to the company, mm -hmm. kind of deal. So, and I've just been thinking about storylines to pitch and all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it's in the back of my head. I, I have to think about that stuff when I'm working out because it's the one thing that motivates me. You know what I mean? I don't have to be on TV every week, so it's hard to. That was my motivation before. What, now what? it's like oh, I'm just staying in good shape and for my health to work out now. Let, let me ask you this then: What's the one storyline that you pitch to yourself in your head that you go, "That's stupid," because we've all done that. Like to myself? Yeah. For for Petey um, Williams' return that you thought, man, that's all right. All right, I'm down. And when you get done with it in your head, you go, what was I thinking? Probably uh, I'll come back if Scott Steiner comes back. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, that's stupid. You don't want <laughs> Where's to... that going to lead? Yeah. Um, no. My, did we already talk about this? A little bit. Um, <laughs> I, I thought in my head, I'm like, and it's just probably me humoring myself. If if I went back and uh, let's say a baby face and, you know, let's say I'm getting beat down by the heels or something like that. And this is this is a ways into my, you know, a few weeks into my return. And then Steiner comes out. I don't I still see. I don't know if he's in the lawsuit with TNA or if it was just a. Bischoff and Hogan thing, so I don't even know where they stand with Steiner. So, mm -hmm. anyways, pr pretend nothing's going on with Steiner and TNA. So Steiner comes out, kind of clears house, yay, 
and then he leaves. But then we don't hear from him like for a while. And then stuff happens again. People forget about him and he does the same thing. Or maybe we do a tag match almost like he's a part timer because they don't have a lot of part timers in, in TNA now. Um, but I don't know where that would lead. I, like, I remember when Russo was like, oh, you have to come up with this a new character, Petey. And that's when I came up with uh, Maple Leaf Muscle with help with from Alex Shelley. Um, I was pitching more storylines, and he was like, okay, what's the blow-off? And he's like, no, I don't want a storyline. I want a character. He was all about the character. Mm. So whenever I think of a storyline, I think, you know, what's what's the blow-off to this? What's What's the final thing besides... Steiner coming back every now and again to help me. So, I mean, that's why I'm like, okay, that's stupid. I'll scrap that idea. But I would love to see that. I, think, <laughs> I just think I think the fans would love it. It would just be hilarious. <laughs> um, I know Jeff Jarrett and Steiner are tight, so he might go for it. I don't know. That's interesting. I would like yeah. to see you come back. If, if, if I may, with my fandom mind, not my wrestling mind because I don't have one, but with my fan mind, I would love to see the Petey Williams return where you're a Hill character talking about how you're making Impact great again and how you were an original and how you're the one that can, I don't want to use the word save because that's been done somewhere else before, mm-hmm. but but how, how you're the one to bring prominence back. You are Petey, the ex, the, the, you know, one of the originals and you, mm-hmm. it's, it's always about how you guys made this company and this younger crop of kids killed it. Yeah, I, I mean that would be great. That's the that's the first thing that I thought of, right? I right. Mean, it makes the most sense, but I think everybody that's what everybody's expecting when I come back. You think um, so? I think people yeah. would expect. Well, I mean, you think to come about back. we both thought of it. We didn't talk about this before. True, it, it's logical. Like Petey's one of the last guys of the X division that's still like a free agent. Um, it, it makes sense. So, and I don't know if I want to throw something at people that, oh yeah, okay, we heard this song and dance before. He's the original, yada, yada, yada. Um, but, you know, it could work. Who what knows? If, what if you came back and you denounced the originals? Like, I'm P.D. Williams. I was there you better go. than them Now then, you're thinking. And I'm now better than thinking. them now. See? Now you denounce. You talk about how the the only reason why the company was around them was because of you. Yeah. See, now that's... that. that that, that's a little better. Now we're putting a new twist on it. Yeah, see, yeah. so that, that's that's where the brainstorming comes in. Oh, we're gonna have to have one drunken brainstorm <laughs> night where you listen to me pitch a bunch of stuff and you go, "What? What am I doing here?" Don't talk about drunk. I, I remember <laughs> one time. Oh god, when Kurt Angle is still working with us, um, he looked at Saban. I think it was Kurt Angle. Yeah, it was Kurt Angle, and he says, "You know, I've been looking at you, and I think a good character for you would be." Like Pigpen, Chris Sabin. And we're all like, what? Pigpen, Chris Sabin? He's like, yeah, you know. He's like, your hair is always messed up and you always look like, uh, you know, you're dressed in your pajamas or whatever. So, and this is just backstage. He's like, maybe you come out with like a mustard stain like on your, on your like chin, you know, like you're eating something and your hair is all messed up and you're Pigpen, Chris Sabin. We're like, what? So I think Kurt was maybe drunk when he said something like that. Or it has to have been. Something. Yeah. Because oh they're gosh. like, and we still talk about it to this day. Pig Penker Saban. What are what are the machine guns up to? Uh, they're doing uh, they're doing Ring of Honor. Um, yeah, I, they're loving life. I think uh, I think they got bad. They 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 went separate for a while because um, you know Saban was still in TNA and he won the world title there and all that kind of stuff. And 
Saban went off with uh, Kushida and formed the Time Splitters in, in uh, New Japan. But now they're both with Ring of Honor. They uh, they're really valuable as a tag team, I think. And they they're back together and they're doing the Motor City Machine Guns thing. And yeah, you know maybe we'll get the uh, the band back together. Did I tell you I was in a band with them? You did many many moons ago. Oh boy, um, yeah. Most people know that we we were called the High Crusade, and uh, <laughs> it was weird because we when we we formed the band, we were playing. Remember that video game Rock Band? Yes. We're actually playing it with the fake instruments at Saban's house. And we kind of all looked at each other and we're like, hey, we can all play real instruments. Why don't we do this like for real instead of fake? I'm like, yeah, let, let, that, that sounds good. And we just left it at that. And then all of a sudden, we're like, yeah, let, let's let's actually do this. So we did it, you know, made it, made an album. Uh, released that and it sold decent you know our fan base bought it and all that kind of stuff and then we started filming a, a second album but uh the the one guitarist he had a, a kid and kind of dropped out we got a new guitarist but then the drummer he moved across the state and stuff so we kind of just mm, you know broke up I, I guess without saying we broke up but maybe one day we'll get the band back together make a new album talk to the machine guns It'd be great. You're on hiatus. Let's say that. Yeah, a hiatus on everything. <laughs> but I'm having a great time. Would, would it would would it be a fair assessment to say it's t it's impact or nothing? Because you know you have another life now, and you probably couldn't keep up a Ring of Honor schedule. That's even assuming um, they would have wanted you. Not that maybe they don't, but yeah, Ring of Honor. Yeah, because they they do a lot of. They do a lot of shows. Mm -hmm. They do. Um, I mean, not not like WWE a lot, but they, they do a lot of shows. They'll, they'll they do their TV tapings. They have their house shows or live events, if you want to call it that. Um, I don't think I wouldn't be able to make all their shows. But Ring of Honor has a lot of talent where not all their guys make all their live events and everything. Mm -hmm. um, so it wouldn't be that hectic of a schedule, but I just I wouldn't be able to commit to what they want. But TNA with their light schedule, it's it's got to be that. Um, if I do anything else, it, I would have to really, really jump back into it, which isn't on my top priority list right now. Have you thought have or started to keep up with Impact lately? Have you is it one of those things now that? at least you and I keep talking about it and yes. and and it was pitched to you a little while ago is it something you're like well maybe I'll kind of start watching and 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 see or have have you been completely unplugged from the product well I haven't started watching and I I don't I just don't think I will mm -hmm. um, I don't even know what channel pop TV is so I don't think we I don't even know if I get that channel I don't know. to be honest with you um but I have started reading about the results. Okay. You know, so I mean that's a that's a good step that's forward. A, that's a step forward. Reading, reading the results. That's that's interesting. I, I'm trying to get into it. it. It's, it was always a product that was good. And as we said, what in one of the other podcasts, you know, you guys, you look at the crop of guys in the WWE now. And those were the backbone of guys in TNA. And it's just amazing that you guys didn't make more 
progress with the roster you had. But, boy, after these runs, if you guys could have gotten a couple guys back, and it doesn't sound likely that you will, I think, you know, at the end of this, I think AJ had a pretty nasty breakup from what I hear with them. I'm not sure about that. That that might be dirt sheet talk right there. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure. All, all I know is that, and, and, and to his right, you know, he was the face of TNA forever. He was there since day one. He was always pushed as one of their top guys. He, he was there the longest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he wanted more money. Like, hey, I'm getting older. I have a family to take care of. I I, I, I need to really make some good money. You're, you, I see that you're paying it and dishing it out for Hogan and Sting, and those guys aren't even wrestling like 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 he wrestles and as much as he wrestles in the house shows and all that stuff so and they probably said no because they were strapped on cash because they were spending it all on hogan and all that kind of stuff and uh so he left and i think it worked out obviously to his benefit went to new japan and did his thing there and now he's at where he's at let's you and i talk about something that we had flirted around with at the beginning of the week and I never quite got to catch up with you and get your thoughts on, it seemed like at the time, the burying of Roman Reigns. You you finally got to watch that segment. What did you think? Um, well, I don't call it a burying. A burying would be like when Big Show came out and punched Curtis Hawkins in the face. They buried Curtis Hawkins. Right. I mean, but you can't really bury. That, that, that's more of a storyline, and they just wrote him off, and they what they're trying to do is make Braun Strowman look really strong. Um, I don't know if they're writing Roman off TV just to, you know, take all that heat from the Undertaker stuff down a notch, or they're like, you know, like I said before, if you need to make any other wrestler on that roster, just put him in the ring with Roman Reigns. Because Roman Reigns, no matter what, gets a reaction. So any other wrestler you put in there, and right now they want to push Braun Strowman. So put him in there with Roman Reigns, and and that's what they did. And they they did it. They did it good. You know, they they had him look strong. Um, then I watched their match, Braun Strowman's match with Big Show, uh, last Monday. And what did you think of that? Good. Um, well, you know, it was good because they started off all good and you know intense and stuff like that. Then when they, they went into some chain wrestling, some arm bars and nip ups and stuff, <laughs> and I'm like, if I would have if I would have done that. Guys like like Terry Taylor and stuff that used to watch my match, Dutch Mantel, they would have like blew their mind. They're like, "Why are you doing chain wrestling in the middle of a match?" I understand why Braun wanted to do it; that he wanted to show off his athleticism. But I mean, that makes absolutely zero sense in the middle of a match to do like nip ups with arm bars and stuff like that. Um, but besides that, you know, it it was it was good. I mean, you, those two big guys, you're not expecting much out of them except for them hitting each other hard and stuff. And uh, they broke the ring. I always think that's kind of cheesy. Well, actually, not breaking the ring because it's a spectacle to see you from the live crowd. They don't do it a lot, but I hate when you break a ring and it's meant to break, mm-hmm. and then the match ends. It's like, oh, well, what happened? Because I've seen, I've been in matches where a rope breaks, and you got to keep on going. You can't run the ropes or anything. It's not like we go, oh yeah, the match is over, awesome. You, you, the rope broke. No, you keep on going. So it would have been nice if the the ring broke and then 
I guess the ref bumped up, but they had a bunch of other refs come in. They they should have finished it somehow. Braun pinning them or could have easily pinned them. Something. Yeah, but I don't know if they're trying to protect Big Show and they don't want to pin. But why? Why uh, protect Big Show at this point in his career? <laughs> exactly. I don't. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I just hate it when the ring breaks and it's like, oh, it's over. I, it, it's just always hokey to me. I so. watched it and I and one of my buddies pointed it out immediately. He goes, you know, look, they don't have the the graphics on the side of the ring. Yeah, and, they, yeah, and, and that's. that's true. And that's kind of when he said, I think they're going to break the ring. I'm like, yep. no, there's, they're not going to do that. And then they teased it three or four times. I go, they're going to break the ring. All right, let's see how they do it. And, you know, I didn't hate it. I, I it, it brought me back to the, you know, they're really building Braun Strowman up to real, And it feels like eventually just job him the Roman Reigns anyways. Yeah, that, that'll probably happen. And but, I, I mean, that's what you got to do. You got to build... Build characters big, you know, back in the Hogan days. They'd always build somebody to battle Hogan, always. Build him up larger than life, and then Hogan would beat him. So it's just a different era. They're doing it a different way, and they're building him up so Braun could beat him, and obviously it's going to – or not Braun. So Roman could beat him, and it's obviously going to be like Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, it seems like. I – I tell you what, the, the segment where he, you know, uh, Braun Strowman destroyed Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And I said this on the Wrestling Inc. podcast, you know, that week I had the chance to co-host, I think, the SmackDown show and kind of asked me my thoughts. And they didn't agree, and that's all right. But, yeah, this is my feel on it. They really put a beating on him in that segment so much so it almost felt like it was like one of the old school end of his contract and they're sending him out or he's about to be suspended for PEDs or something. Yeah. And, and they really, it just really felt had that kind of feel to it, at least just to me. I, I get he'll be back for the pay-per-view and he may show up for the Rob before and, you know, that's great. But they're talking, you know, internal bleeding and broken ribs and, you know, three weeks later he's going to be out there. I, I Man, I really wish... If if I had the chance to book this, I would not have him show up for the pay-per-view or not make the 10 count to get into the ring to better sell those injuries and prolong the storyline a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one way they could go. Um, in wrestling, it's always, it's always good to take a break. So when they write somebody off TV to give them a break, it seems like when they do come back, fans are more excited to see them. And... Uh, it, it seems like that's that's all they're doing with them. They're, they're not going to give them a long break. They'll they'll have them show up at the pay per view, I, I think. And uh, but they're they're just giving them just enough break, you know, a month off TV to build that. And and Roman Reigns wins, I think. But you know, I I, I don't know. I I think that would be great if they if they did that ten count and then he didn't show up and then they have to prolong it till well two months later because that's probably their next pay per view. Let me ask you this. How would PD Williams get the fans to cheer Roman Reigns? That's never going to happen. You don't think so? I think there's I think there's a way. Okay, uh, no, I'm sorry. Yes. Turn him heel. And, and then, then they'll cheer him. I think you're right. And yep. and then bring him back to face because, you know, P, PD, here's the thing I don't like about Roman. He's the only guy that has not changed his look since the shield. And he, he's not changed his attitude. 
you've seen a couple different kinds of Dean Ambrose's. You've seen a couple different kinds of Seth Rollins, but you've mm-hmm. only seen one Roman Reigns. You change the look up. You you need to turn him heel, have him have a, a good heel run, and then you need to have him turn face. I mean, you like a moment where Seth Rollins or Dean Ambrose is just getting his butt kicked. I mean, three, four guys slapping him around the arena. You, you know, one of those, is he ever going to come back from this? And boom, the Roman Reigns music hits, and the people would go nuts. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's a great possibility, uh, but I, I don't think they'll do that right now. I think the way they have Roman Reigns booked is, is a gold mine because if you look at it the way the industry's going, guys like John Cena, who always gets booed, or Mixed Reaction, whatever, um, Roman Reigns, who always gets booed, they are considered the new type of babyface, new type of wrestling babyface. Okay, everybody boos them, but they're still booked as a babyface. And whoever, whoever they put in the ring with Roman Reigns, they're gonna make that individual. If if you had Roman Reigns as a heel, and you put him in there with a babyface and try to make that babyface, it's not gonna work as well as the way they have him booked right now. They have a goldmine right now. I remember back in the pay per view days, um, before the WWE Network, Cena huh. had the belt. Back when you're paying sixty bucks per pay per view, something like that. Oh god! Um, and Cena had the belt, and he would wrestle all these heels. But people would tune. People wanted to see Cena lose that belt so bad, even though he was the babyface. And people would pay their sixty dollars just to hope that Cena would lose the belt to whatever heel he was facing. That's that's perfect booking because you can't. The, the The object is is to get heat, get people, get asses in those seats. Get people to buy into the product, and that's what they're doing right now. So everybody's confused. Like, look, at we're talking about it right now. This is this is a buzz. Like, what do we do with Roman Reigns? If he was straight up heel, we wouldn't be talking about this right now. So there's there's a buzz, and they got they got to stick with it. It's a goldmine. I'm telling you, keep Roman Reigns the way he is. Let people boo him, but book him as a babyface. That's perfect. That's lovely. How many pay per views did you get back when they were expensive? Because you and I, we grew up wrestling fans. And I'm, and I'm wondering, and I'll tell you my experience, but I wonder if your pay-per-view experience was kind of the same as mine. Well, I started young. My dad took me to, like, a, a bar slash restaurant, and we'd watch him there when there was only, like, four a year. Mm-hmm. And then um, I purchased I purchased a few. I didn't purchase it every month. Back when I was watching the Attitude I think they were only, like, 30 bucks or something like that. Okay. But... Uh, Oh boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about my illegalness right now. So in Canada, um, what we would do is we would get American satellites, and technically that's not illegal because the Canadian government isn't gonna police people stealing American telecommunications. Pretty much, mm-hmm. we we don't care as long as you're not stealing our Canadian, you, you know, satellite. So nice of them. So, uh, everybody. Everybody that I know had a uh, an American satellite in Canada, and they'd have like a, a fixed card or whatever it was. And I would go over to my cousin's house or my or my dad's or whatever the case may be, and we watch the pay per views, all of them for free. So wow. that was my uh, that was my little yeah. See, illegal breaking the law, but I don't do it anymore. So you know, statute of limitations, something like that, whatever you want to say. That, that, that I understand. I'm 
growing up in the early like 80 late 80s early 90s of wrestling i had a buddy who would get the, the tapes a week or two after the pay-per-view came out so that's oh, that's good yeah so i was like my favorite all-time storyline and i'm gonna ask you this was and, and mine was probably one of the worst that people bag on now did not stand the test of time but as a kid i loved it was the wcw black scorpion angle I, I don't know if you remember that, but no. Google it or YouTube it one day. Okay. It was it was great. You know, Sting comes back from this broken leg. Uh, he just gotten kicked out of the Four Horsemen, and all of a sudden, this omin- ominous black scorpion figure is is stalking him and giving him clues, and and you're trying to figure out, and then you'll have match after match, and sometimes the black scorpion would have three or four masks on, and you don't know, or sometimes four or five different other black scorpions jump in the ring. It, it went on forever, and it was great. Now, I'm not going to ruin it for for you. You can go look it up, but yeah. it, it's it's old. <laughs> I think the spoiler alert uh, doesn't quite apply here, but I'm going to I'm gonna respect the spoiler alert a lot and not spoil the end of that. But, but, you know, I wouldn't find out things for two or three weeks later because we'd have to wait for the VHS. I think the first pay-per-view I got was a Royal Rumble where Ric Flair won it at, from, like, number three. And oh, that, yeah, I remember that one, yeah. And then, you know, I I got a whole bunch of the old the WCW ones when they were with the, uh, the, the NWO was in there. And then from there, I think after that was uh, WrestleMania in Detroit. Then I got the network, and, you know, thank God. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know how much money I would have spent on WWE if we didn't have those, uh, those satellite cards? Man, I, I, I would have ended up going to bars. I mean, I've... I've tried doing that. Um, it just, they want you to buy stuff when you're at the bar. Right. You're going to be sitting there for three hours. It's like, okay, you grab a meal, whatever, 10 bucks at the time. And then, okay, now I'm just going to be drinking beer or pop or something. Like the servers are going to be, you know, get out of here, you know, buy something or leave. You can't just sit around in a, in a restaurant for three hours. So, but I've, I've done it before and it's, uh, you know, it's, are there any bars around us that do it? Because I that that might sound kind of fun. One for one of the good pay per views. I'm not talking like Bad Blood or or Revenge or whatever that some of the hokey ones are called Fastlane. But one of the good big pay per views. I'd like to go to a bar and just do that again. You know, we <laughs> this is funny. So we were on a TNA house show somewhere, and it was uh, we we had an earlier house show afternoon show one o'clock or something like that and then SummerSlam was on later on that night and i'm with like jeff jarrett and like xwwe guys and we were gonna go into a hooters <laughs> but it's like packed and we're like we can't go in there because people are gonna those are wrestling fans people are gonna be all over those xwwe guys and possibly us tna guys no, and no, not, you would have been all right. we're not gonna be able to watch the pay-per-view <laughs> so um, so we didn't, and I missed that SummerSlam. I don't even remember which one it was. <laughs> wow. The, so, the, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've tried going to bars and stuff like that, but, uh, I just, I, I just passed on it. You know, I thank God for the network. I, I'll tell you what, I ten, 10 bucks a month. That's, it's that's pretty good. Yeah. And the, for the amount of stuff I go back and watch now. Yeah. For real. Do you do you think WWE would ever buy Impact? Um, 
I could see them wanting to buy it for the library. I don't. I I know Jeff, and Jeff will do everything in his power not to sell it. Um, you know, I know I know Jeff doesn't like Vince McMahon. I, I don't think that's any surprise. He, he left. I'm shocked. On really bad terms. Started a rival company company with him. Uh, I I just. But Jeff doesn't own the company anymore. It's a different company that owns owns Impact. So, mm-hmm. but Jeff's like you know one of the main guys. So I don't think he'll he'll allow it to happen. But it, it, you know what? Anything's possible. We didn't think WCW was going to be bought, oh, but uh, still breaks my heart. Yeah, I, you know this is what I hope. I hope they buy Impact and then they get the library. And then I'm on the WWE network, and then you know, one day when I'm like 60 years old or something, I could be in the WWE Hall of Fame without even stepping foot in a WWE ring. That's it's <laughs> interesting, isn't it? That's that's wow. I have, <laughs> yeah, I have a better chance of making it into the MLB Hall of Fame because I sat in the stands and watched the game. <laughs> Maybe well, I I highly doubt that. Although they may put every wrestler in, and you may have to get in by default. They're like, all right, who's left? Um, yep. Brooklyn Brawler, Petey Williams, and Barry Horowitz. All right. <laughs> well, Petey can wait till next year, I guess. <laughs> this is our most anticipated clash yet. Oh, boy. Hey, you never know. They could put like the X Division in the Hall of Fame, like they did with the Four Horsemen or something like that. They could put a whole division in there. Oh, no, man, that'd there be hokey, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be hokey, though? You don't want that. Uh, hey, to never step foot in the in the WWE ring and to be, like, recognized in some part in their Hall of Fame, that is ridiculous. You you could be because you'll, you've been in matches with some of these guys that you'll be exactly. on. You, <laughs> well, one of my buddies texted me when AJ Styles did his uh... – podcast with stone cold and they're like you were on stone cold's podcast i'm like what and i watched it and i didn't see myself and i'm like when he's like oh you know go to like 20 minutes and 38 seconds in and it was like aj giving me a drop kick on the still screen in the back and it was showed for like 30 seconds or something like that still cool from his his, like tna days or or whatever um and i'm like wow okay yeah sweet See, see so i'm on the wwe network so there you go there you go you beat me to it yeah, <laughs> what you've done of co- now, listen. You and I we're, we're co-hosts here. We do this. We give each other jabs. We go back and forth. But I yeah. I've always wanted to tease you because you've done a couple podcasts now, and yeah. so I was going back and trying to find old Petey Williams interviews from podcasts, and I'm not going to say who, what, where, when. But oh, it, I'll say who, what, where, and when because I already know my worst one. Just you bringing this up. Holy cow, I was so upset, but go on. Well, no, no, then, then, then talk. <laughs> so it was with, uh, um, I want to say his name is like Pat McNeil with a torch. And he's like, hey, you know, you want to you wanna do an interview? And I'm like, you know what? And I'm, I'm retired. and uh, I haven't done an interview in a while. And this is the torch. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I feel like talking some wrestling right now. And so he's like, great, like Thursday at 5, let's say, whatever it was. It was a weird time. So I was like, okay. And then he calls up, and he's like, yeah, I'm here with Petey Williams and this other guy. I can't remember the guy's name. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know I was going to be on with two guys. Okay. And Pat would ask me directly to me. He would ask me a question like, um, you know, what was it like working with so-and-so? 
And I would start answering the question and I would take a pause to catch my breath and continue on or continue the story. And this guy that was on the phone, I don't know if he was a co-host, but he used to be a wrestler of some sort, like independence. He would jump in and he'd be like, try to one up me like, oh, yeah, I remember. And I wasn't even done my story. And he's, oh, yeah, I remember the time I, I worked with so-and-so. Or I remember, yeah, we used to do that, too. And blah, and he would just ramble on and on. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm, I'm not even getting my full story out. And I, my stories aren't long at all. You, you could tell when we talk. They're yep. like a minute long or whatever, maybe two minutes if I'm feeling it. And, man, I was so fired up. I was, I was literally, I had the phone to my ear. And when he started talking after a while, I would just, like, release it from my ear and be like, what? What's going on right here? Is this is this a joke? Is this a rib? But that was probably my 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 worst one. I just wasn't feeling it, and then I would almost bite my teeth because Pat would ask me another question, and I would start answering it. And soon as he'd speak up, I'd be like, "Mother, oh, what?" <laughs> I'm like, "This has got to be a joke." Or he sometimes he would even beat me to the question. He's like, oh, "Let me stop you right there, PD." Um. Before you answer, I just want to throw in, and I'm oh my god. So, anyways, that that's my worst thing. But yeah, I've done a lot of, uh, I've done a lot of good podcasts like Colt Cabana. That was I love that one. Probably one of my favorites. We did it like at the time. I think I knew he had a podcast, but it wasn't as big as it was uh, today. And we were at Clash Wrestling, crap, ugh, Clash Wrestling in uh, Taylor, Michigan. And it was one of my first shows I've done there. And Colt Cabana was there. And he was like, hey, you want to do my podcast? I'm like, well, what do we what do? we do?" And he's like, well, you know, we talk about whatever. And I'll, okay, great. So we found, like, we were in this warehouse. And we, we were, like, in the middle of, like, a warehouse. Like, think of, like, steel beams standing up, like, thousands of square feet. We're just sitting in the middle. Mm-hmm. And we're shooting the breeze. And I don't know how I got on Scott Steiner stories. But he was the first one to get me to talk about Scott Steiner. And I, I know one of the stories from where we Massachusetts, a guy, another guy on the Internet, made an actual cartoon out of it. And I thought that was hilarious. It, I've seen that. I've actually, oh, man. Yes. <laughs> it, go YouTube P.D. Williams and it will pop up. Or P.D. Williams. Steiner. Cole, Cole Cabana, maybe? Yeah. Or? Peter Williams Steiner cartoon, something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and there were a couple where I've listened, and it sounded like you were being interviewed by a guy in his mom's basement. Oh, yeah. Oh, those, and and you can hear the disdain in your voice. Oh, I mean, you're not kidding. Well, I'm, I'm thinking like this is a waste of my time. I mean, how many people are going to – this is probably like his first interview or or his questions are so – it's just a dude, probably like 17 years old, maybe not even, and just wants to talk to a wrestler. Probably not even getting recorded. Probably just like, oh, I'm going to keep this for later on. <laughs> just going to call PD and see yeah. how he's and doing. Goes, oh, I got PD Williams' phone number. This is great. Um, no, but speaking of mom's basements, uh, <laughs> legit, I had to sleep in somebody's mom's basement as a grown-ass adult. Before. What, what um, happened? So there, there's this guy. Um, he, He's worked for Ring of Honor. I think he works for Evolve now. All ego, Ethan Page. Uh, he, he's up in Canada. And he, he's a younger guy, a good worker and stuff. And uh, he was the one that, um, when Buff Bagwell gave the Canadian Destroyer, he gave the Canadian Destroyer to that guy. Your Canadian Destroyer. My Canadian Destroyer, right? So he booked me for a show, this this double shot. And I cut him a break on price, you know, because whatever. 
And the whole two days before that, I was just like vomiting sick. And it's the middle of summer. I'm like, how do I get the flu in the summer? And I get there and I, you know, I still, still, still not feeling well. And uh, we get to the show. I do the show. And then after the show, he's like, hey, we're going to go to this bar afterwards. And I look at him. I'm like, dude, I'm just not in the mood. I said, I need to get some sleep. I'm just not feeling well. And he's like, come on, like, like 10 minutes. And I'm like, oh, I know because 10 minutes wrestling time means like an hour, right? Right. So we go there. We eat. And I'm just, he could see on my face, like, I just want to leave. And he, he'd come over me like, Petey, uh, 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes. Because I know he wants to have a good time. I was young, too. And you're with other wrestlers and you want to party. I just was not feeling it. So finally, I get him to go. And there's, like, me, BJ Whitmer, uh, these two other younger guys, and uh, and him. And he's like, oh, you know, I, I live with my parents. <laughs> and uh, uh, you guys are going to sleep in my basement. I'm like, dude, you couldn't get us a hotel. Like, I'll share a hotel with these three other guys just in your parents' basement. So we go in there, all the lights are off, and he's like, shh, my parents are sleeping. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm a grown-ass adult. I have kids. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. Um, Best sleep you ever had, though? Uh, no, it was horrible because there was, a, there was a sectional couch, and that's it. And one of the younger guys, and they're, they're, it goes by seniority. In, in professional wrestling, one of the younger kids just jumps on the couch and starts unpacking and like like he's gonna sleep there. And then BJ Whitmer is like kind of looking. He has the most seniority in the room. He's like, <laughs> so and he didn't want to speak up and be like, dude, what are you doing? You're sleeping on the floor. I know nay, that's what he's thinking. Head. And I go, his name was Flip. I go, hey Flip, um, I'm sleeping here. And I pointed to my side of the couch, and I'm like, where are you sleeping? Because BJ's sleeping there, and I don't. Want, I really don't want to give up my side of the couch to BJ. Hmm. And then I think he got the hint, and he was like, oh, and he slept on the floor. That's and then, I, well, we were with, uh, I think they were called Irish Airborne. They knew right away. They, they just took up their spot on the floor. They were just like, I'm, I'm going on the floor. We understand how seniority works. But, no, it was horrible. He even I'm trying to find the basement. bathroom in the dark, which isn't in the basement. It's upstairs, like, next to his parents' room, and I'm probably waking him <laughs> up and stuff. Honey, uh, I'm having this weird dream that there was a former X Division champion pissing in our bathroom. <laughs> oh, you're the kid's dad, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Did you have that dream too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, you got to tell me a good Matt Morgan story because we'll be working with Wrestling Inc. And you said you, you know Matt Morgan. You've wrestled him one-handed. That's a good story I want to hear. That's probably my best story. Tell it. About- I mean, Matt is a super cool guy. Uh, he seems that way. I've never actually interacted, and I'll have my first chance to record a podcast with him Monday night doing the Raw review, so I'm really excited. Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be great. He's, he's a great talker, um, great speaker, great shape, uh, super tall, super jacked. But uh, he was always made it a point to talk to us, X Division guys, which I always think is cool because, you know, he doesn't have to. And he's a former... Uh, WWE guy and stuff and just like Kevin Nash he made it a point to come into our locker room and shoot the breeze with us and that's what Matt did so he was always really super cool with us um, I didn't hang out with him outside of where we wrestled um, he, now now you know what now I'm probably big timing him because he's probably going to be like oh Petey what you don't remember that time we did this that and the other thing <laughs> no, I'm just started and I don't remember but yeah no <laughs> we, we had a match where uh, I, I don't know 
Impact's had some hokey matches sometimes. They they had me wrestle him with one hand tied behind my back. Matt Morgan, okay? Right, right. Matt Morgan, who's like a foot taller than me. The genetic And probably 100 pounds heavier than me. I had to wrestle him with one hand tied behind the back. And obviously, he won. But... <laughs> yeah, um, obviously. Yeah, but I, I, I'm trying to remember the match. It, it was like probably my last month or so with TNA. Um, it was probably... The last taping we did before they called me between tapings and told me they weren't we, they weren't going forward with my contract. Um, but, I, I mean, I don't – it was a quick match. I, I couldn't even remember it. I mean, there's there's nothing to it. One hand tied behind my back. But I'm surprised that they just didn't have them, like, squash me. They actually had me – you know, they wanted to lay it out where it was like – you know, you get this on him and this on him, and who's really good to work with and stuff. And I think, did I get my hand free? Probably. That always happens in one am. Has to. Back. Um, no, but he was good with me, safe. You know, and that, that's the thing I look for in a wrestler. Like he's so much. He, he could probably literally kill me. Maybe, he, he probably can. He's both so much of us at the than same me. time. He kill me. And I, I always get a little bit more respect for those bigger guys in the ring when they take care of me in the ring. Because they know how much more powerful they are. And so, I, you know, I, I thanked them after the match for the match. And, you know, I truly meant it because he, he did take care of me. Aw, that's so sweet. Yeah, that's a heartwarming story. I'm, I'm going to tell him you said hi. Oh, yeah, please do. Yeah, he'll be like, Petey Williams. I don't know if I remember him. He'll remember. I'll be like, we had many a conversations. Be like a little guy, Canadian. He's like, did I wrestle him one-handed once? <laughs> you probably won't remember that. I guarantee it. Oh. He said so much. I just remember it because it was like my last. I, okay, so here you go. Not a lot of times I can remember the first time I do something and the last time I do something, but I remember my first match with TNA was with Juventud Guerrero. Oh, All right, it wasn't Aaron's first match, but it was my actual first match with TNA. And uh, my last match with TNA was on one of those one night only mm-hmm. pay-per-views and i had to wrestle tigre uno who i think still wrestles for them or he might have just got released or something um but we had a good match planned it, it, it was gonna be like 10 15 minutes long it was it was great and then um we go out there and he just starts his comeback okay and he does this move off the top ropes and then he's gonna do like a flip over bridging pin on me all right, and the ref was uh, was Brian Hebner, Earl Hebner's son. Okay, and he's counting to the mat, like with his hand, but he's not saying out loud one, two, three, because there's a lot of like hitting on the mat and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if it's Tigre Uno's legs coming across, or if the the and hitting the ground, or the ref's hand hitting the ground. I I, I can't and I can't see, so I'm I'm relying on the ref's count. And he's telling me to kick out. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I know what to kick out. Like, I know this isn't the finish. We have a lot of stuff planned after this. And No, no, do it now. Heard as he goes, ring the bell. And I guess I missed his first count because I thought it was Uno's leg hitting the mat. And then I looked at him. And he's like, dude, you didn't kick out. And the music starts playing. And the crowd was kind of like, what? What the hell was that? Like, we were seriously, like, just getting into, like, the good stuff. You know, like we were probably only like 
six minutes in, we probably still had another, you know, six to seven minutes left. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. And at first I thought, man, I was really hoping to have a good match and I'm pissed right now. Well, on the second hand, I'm like, ah, whatever, man. I'm going to have a good time here. And I, I leave, right? And then he was so apologetic after the match, Brian Hebner. He was like, man, I'm so sorry. I'm like, dude, you didn't. I didn't hear you say one, two, three. He's like, I never do. I'm like, are you sure? Because I usually hear it with every other ref. He's like, no, I never do. I'm like, all right. He's like, I, I, I'm so sorry. I know a lot of guys that are under contract here are coming here because they want to try to get a spot and impress the office. And I said, dude, I'm like, I am not that guy. I'm like, do not. I'm telling you right now, do not worry about it. I'm like, I do not care. I said, you're, you're good to go. He's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. And I'm like, dude, it was my fault. I didn't, I didn't kick out. I mean, what, what can you say? So that was my last match at TNA, and right, rightfully so. <laughs> I mean, that looked like I got buried. Wow, that's awesome. That's a great way to end this week's podcast. <laughs> Petey Williams, where can people find you? Um, on Twitter at ipdwilliams.com or uh, – you know, pick up one of my shirts on ProWrestlingTees.com. They also have a, a Twitter page, too. You you know what? I'll say this. Your Twitter account is starting to become a little more active lately. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Uh, I'm trying. You know, I'm not just I, – I would always go on Twitter every every day and read about what's going on, more so for news and see what other people are up to and all that stuff. But I'm like, eh, I don't really have anything to say. But I'm like, eh, who cares if I don't have anything to say? I'm just going to tweet out whatever pops in my head. That's and, what yeah. we do. Yeah. I figure that's what Twitter is now. I, it, it took me like a couple of years, but you know, it's kind of like uh, no filter, just throw it there, whatever pops in your head. And that's how people get in trouble. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll keep it whatever. classy. Yeah. Keep it classy. San Diego. All right. PD Williams. Thank you.